1: Welcome back to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim O'Neill here with Tim Priester, Pete Sampson, and Jack Freeman Studios, and we are coming off the perhaps only complete game performance, irrespective of foe by Notre Dame this season, 44-6 over Army, and I think most important... Tim, that lends for a much better week of preparation for this team going into a a big senior day matchup against Virginia Tech.
0: There's no doubt about it, and this is all you could ask for going into the last two games with a shot. Well, I mean, you could ask for more before they felt it. Yeah, But, I mean, you wanted to get to this point where you have something to play for and whether, I think I said this in this analysis, whether people on the outside think that's really something to play for is really not the point. The, The players do. And so they'll be motivated last home game. Uh, man, USC looks good if you saw USC play Saturday night, but, but one step at a time. Virginia Tech didn't play particularly well against Georgia Tech, uh, but they're good. They're a good football team. They're number six in, t- in the country in tackles for loss. They've got a quarterback, uh, uh, Gerard Evans, who runs it really well, throws it pretty well. They're not a they're not a great running football team, but they've got some weapons. Isaiah Ford, uh, Bucky Hodges is a real weapon for them, and they're pretty good defensively. So you're not going to leave us much on
2: a Thursday podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I oh, yeah, done, you're right. He's done with Army. <laughs> I'm sorry. I moved, I moved I moved ahead a little yeah. bit. Yeah, Notre
0: played play. I mean, they played it certainly their most complete game of the year for what it's worth against Army. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, the
2: special teams was not only not. <laughs> Bad. It was good. Yeah. Um, You know, I know they missed an extra point. Army, but to, however, to, is really to, bad I mean, on to, special teams to, to start the game with a kickoff return touchdown. You couldn't ask for a better sort of bounce back for C.J. Sanders, who's really struggled. I mean, he lost his slot receiver job. Uh You know, even with Torrey Hunter out, it wasn't like C.J. Sanders just bounced back into the mix. They were trying to find. Other ways to get people involved, during Smythe with two touchdowns. Kevin Stefferson had a really good game. Uh, there was a drop in there, but I mean, for a freshman, I don't think you can ask for much more than the freshman season that he's had. So there was a lot for Notre Dame to like. Um, you know, does it solve everything? Is suddenly the glass half full? Definitely not. But, you know, when you look at Stefferson, Julian Love, uh, Dalen Hayes coming out a little bit more big picture opposed to just the Army game. I think if they can get the freshman class to start playing more experienced and more mature, and they can sort of create some leadership within that group where younger guys can look at Julian Love and say, oh, that's how I get on the field, or younger guys can look at Stefferson and say, oh, that's how you have to study your playbook, then then at least you can get something positive out of a very down season. And that, to me, that's important. Yeah,
1: and I, I go back to, we kept wondering what the breaking point would be. They never hit it. They've never hit the breaking point this season. All these losses, uh, it it, it, it would have been Navy, it, it right? Been you Navy. Thought, it
0: would have been and, Navy, yeah. and that was the one thing we were uncertain about. Okay, right. It, is is this the breaking point? Fortunately, Army it
1: took twelve seconds for C.J. Sanders to make sure. Right. It was the breaking well, yeah, point. that's very yeah. true. It's,
0: yeah. it, it set a tone. I, you know, I'm dealing with this in the uh, tail of the tape. I'm not saying Stefferson is Will Fuller because Will Fuller's is probably a once in a
1: lifetime receiver in yeah. Notre Dame. But man, he's way ahead of where Will Fuller was as a and freshman. He's a really good player. I mean, they'll they'll probably end up being different players. I think Steverson will be a guy that does more all over the field. Yes, he won't be a guy that catches the ball and beats. How about the end zone? Can he can do do his... more all over the end zone. <laughs> no, yeah. Do more all over the. Could he always run into the end zone with guys chasing him? I don't know, but uh, I do think he'll be. A, you know, you kind of get a mixture of. I mean, every time I bring up TJ Jones, people think you're shooting no, too he, well, but a senior he, no. year TJ Jones. Yeah, he's so, a short, yeah,
0: intermediate, yeah. and deep guy. He's a yeah. guy that can beat you on all three levels, and that's a real. That's it's, a real dangerous it a fine.
1: receiver. It was a fine. Yeah. Already, it was a fine in the recruiting class. Um, it offsets if you miss on one of those other weapons, you know, over the last two years. He's, he's, yeah. no, people aren't going to beat Kevin Stepherson out in the next couple of years. Here's the one thing. He's going to start at Notre Dame along with Equinemius St. Brown. I mean, it's a it's a tough road to hoe other than slot
2: receiver to yeah. get a starting job in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's a good, it's yeah. a good place for Notre Dame to be because I don't think either of those, not that you would have said, well, I, after a sophomore, year, you would have said Will Fuller. That guy might go pro after his junior year, but... Um, I don't think that those guys have done anything to make you think that they're going to not be four-year players right. here, which yeah. is you know good for Notre Dame, um, you know. And then I guess we'll see what happens with the tight end position. I don't want to read too much into Durham Smythe, three touchdowns in his last three catches, considering it's <laughs> Navy and Army. But it's he's somebody you at least have to cover, and for the most part of the season, you could just leave the tight end to go run around by himself and. Kaiser wouldn't even. Well, that's look exactly at what Army did. They let yeah. him run around by himself. So, just like take some, t- you got to take somebody and cover the tight end. Yeah. now. Yeah. so that's a positive development. Um, you know, the run game. That's that would be the thing that I I don't look at Saturday as as any great you know revelation that they ran all over Army. Um, you it's know, they were. They were basically right at their season high in terms of rush efficiency, right at sixty six percent. Um those have to be right. Great, you know that's <laughs> yeah. that's not that big of a deal. Against there's going some... to be
0: no correlation against no. Virginia Tech and USC. No,
2: I mean I still think the <laughs> offensive line is struggling by and large. Um, I agree, but I think on the on the flip side, there are some good things happening on defense right now. I think you know James Onuahlo has had a good season and continues to have a really good season. If you can't take something from Greer Martini from the last couple of weeks and then apply it to Virginia Tech and Virginia and uh, USC, I just I, I don't, I, I don't, that's just not acceptable. No
1: commentary on Tavon Coney at all. Greer Martini should start against Virginia Tech the way he's playing football right now. Yes. I don't care if it's different. Yeah, he certainly should start. I mean, it doesn't well, mean you're not going to rotate Coney in, but Greer Martini makes plays. I think
0: you know. Tavon Coney should have played more against the sure. two option teams than than, than Niles Morgan did. I, I think he's more effective. When you get inside the 10, that's where Morgan was really, really good against two option teams. But I thought Tavon Coney was more effective than Morgan was. Small sample size. Very. Um,
2: you know, secondary, Julian Love and Cole Luke, I thought were really, really good. good tackling. Um, you know, Julian Love has been really one of the surprises of the season to me. I mean, we're. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think we were, when we were driving to our air, O'Malley, we were talking about um, who's going to be on our top 10 players for. For 2017, and yeah. it was it was slim picking because so we had to come up with a top 25, and it was hard to come up with a top 10. But you could make an argument Julian Love will be one of the 10 best players on the team. I think next it will year. be. You could make it shocking can, to me. You
1: could make an argument, and I was trying to do it actually in a Monday Musings column. I was trying to do what's my top 10 now, which yeah. isn't fair because there's two huge games left for Notre Dame. Right. Um, I mean, Julian Love is broaching that top 10 because if you just do this exercise. Last year when you did this exercise, who are the top ten, you are knocking people off that are good, having good years. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, he doesn't make your top ten? No, because who you're removing. I could throw out, I have like 14 or 15 names. After I get to about number five, you two could easily tell me why those guys don't belong in the top ten, but I could tell you why they might. it's It's not a good thing. That is not a compliment like it was last year. It's... No, what about these yeah. three games? Yeah. Last, what about year? Last,
2: last year, you're arguing for inclusion.
1: Now
0: right. you're arguing
2: for Ex- exclusion. Right. exclusion. Right. Yeah, but but,
0: think think about what, what Julian Love did the last two weeks. I mean, one of the most dominant players on the football field at two different positions with two completely different responsibilities. As a and freshman.
2: overcame a concussion. <laughs> and yeah.
0: overcame... He said after the game, I didn't have a concussion, meaning... I mean, mm. when they say concussion protocol, I'm That's sure funny. there's steps that say... Okay, boom, 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 boom. That determines you have. Yeah. Anyway, a symptom of head injury. Right, a symptom of yeah. a concussion. He came.
1: Cl- he came a cut block, which I didn't know was possible. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, he's listed at one ninety, but when you stand and talk to him, he's listed at five, 10 and a half, 190. The five ten and a half, I believe. Yeah. The one ninety, I doubt a little bit. Or you know, I mean, he's just you know, he's he's strong and compact. But when that kid hits you. He, when you stand next to him, you don't think that this he kid is like as kid. physical. He does. Uniform. He, he does. You don't think he's as physical like as he is. Freshman. And he by the way, freshman, speaking yeah. of physical, Nico Fertita's hit on the kickoff—that is a—that's a special teams hit for the ages. We
1: apologize to all jokes. I'm past that. <laughs> no, I'm past he, that. He, I, yeah, I underestimated yeah. that.
0: That is a. That was an absolute. Blast. Yeah, and, from and it him. fired
1: up, it fired everybody up again. See, everybody yeah. found him on that kickoff coverage unit to sure. find him on, to, to tap him on the head. Which I wondered too because he delivered a blow with his head. I was thinking you guys might want to take it easy on his yeah. head for a second yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the the exclusion part, the only reason you could exclude Jul- exclude Julia Love from the top ten this year is because he didn't play in enough games early on. That's the only thing that takes him off that
2: like uh, yeah i mean i'm for tita that that was a monster hit and i'm fine if he has two and a half more years of just that yeah because I mean, yeah, yeah. that's like when they recruited him that's what it was supposed to be he was supposed to be a guy that really brought it on special teams and now he's sort of figuring it out and setting a role there. He's, he's bringing on special teams um a player of probably a little bit more importance to sean kaiser got the game ball after the game i was a little bit surprised maybe just because you expect you expect him to throw for five touchdowns and zero picks and run for another 75 and another score. Um, you know, he had three TDs, a bad pick in the end zone on first down, down by the goal line. Uh, but, I mean, continues to probably be Notre Dame's best running back in pressure <laughs> situations, um, you know, when it's really up against the wall. I, and I, I would agree with Brian Kelly that there's a toughness that he is bringing two of those runs that he did not bring earlier in the year, and that is significant.
0: Notre Dame was, they were 10 of 13 on third down. Is that right? Yeah. 10 of 13. Yes. I mean, I think that's what earned him the game ball, is that his decisiveness and power running the football when they need it, you know, when he's snapping off 27 and 25-yard runs. Uh, you know, Army, I think on one hand, like we're sitting at the game and we say, man, Army's really lousy. And then when I watched the game, I thought, you know what? That's not true. Notre Dame played really well. As the game wore on, Army hung in there and played tough. that That's why they are number six. It's a common Why were they number six in the country in, in total defense? Because they played bad offenses, but also because they're pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, they're, it's, it, and, they just don't have the size for Notre Dame. It's... Right, exactly.
0: And so Notre Dame took advantage of that, and that's why Mark Harrell, I mean, I thought Mark Harrell did a really, really nice job for first career start. But getting back to the whole Deshaun Kaiser thing, I think it was just that. It's the 10 of 13 on third
1: down. He willed them to keep moving the football, and they blew him out before Army knew what hit him. I want to address, I guess, one somewhat insignificant thing, but it's not to message boards when they say Notre Dame took their pedal up, took their. Off the gas. They only had three. They only had three possessions, right? In the second and the only half. reason it wasn't fifty-one to six is because Kaiser made a mistake. That's not taking your pedal off the gas. That's not taking the right. foot off the gas. That's a, your best player making right. a mistake at the goal line. It was a sixteen-play drive that ended in a well, first then the, down interception.
0: And the, I know, I, I, some guys are saying, "Well, they should have scored 60. Well, even they only had three possessions in the second half, and they've scored. T- if they had scored touchdowns on all of them, they wouldn't have gotten to sixty. They just—it's it, just the way—and they used up the last eight fifty-one on the clock where they weren't trying to score. They were, they were trying, just trying to, to run it, and they did. Right, they exactly. They took the ball. That, was, that exactly. was the goal. I mean, I, I understand that they were a little sloppy in, inside the red zone. You know, you get your usual false starts. Yeah, you've it's got got illegal, automatic. <laughs> you've got, yeah, you've got illegal formations, presumably because Wisher one time and Claypool the other time, based upon Brian Kelly's reaction, <laughs> but also the video evidence. So they weren't. You know, come on, man, come on. The false
1: what they starts the goal exactly to go. go to do. The false starts and goal to go. Yeah, I can, off the top of my head, think of four
2: games With yeah. a false start They're... and a goal by offensive lineman. It shouldn't. That's a bad habit that they yeah. are they are stuck in right now. Um, I mean, those and those are the things that I think you could look at this game and be like, what's what's the deal with that? Opposed yeah. to why no, did they score sixty points? Oh. Right, like, as if as if Malik Zaire leading a touchdown drive and Deshaun Kaiser not throwing an interception would be. Proof that they now have a killer instinct. Um, I don't buy that. Could they be better in the red zone? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. But I don't... That's, to me, improvement in the red zone is way more important than the killer instinct. Yeah. Opposing their will. The five red Things zone Things you can type on a message board. Yeah. yeah.
0: Five red zone appearances, three touchdowns. You'd expect better than that. Yeah, it was a mistake by Kaiser. I mean, I, there's nothing yeah. more maddening to me than an interception on first and goal of the three. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. a first yeah. down. It was a bad a, mistake by Kaiser. Yeah. But first down a, interceptions in the red zone are, yeah. are ooh,
1: yeah. player mistake, not a lack of killer instinct. He just made him. Exactly. Your best player made a mental error. What happens? That's what happens. Yeah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and
0: look, our, Army's linebackers are good, man. Army's linebackers are good, and we saw that at times, and that's what. Kind of, that's what helped slow down Notre Dame a little bit in the second half. Yeah. All right. The
2: Brian Kelly big picture, um, I think we spent the last week at least, maybe uh, the last two months, <laughs> talking about his future at Notre Dame. I don't think this changes a whole lot mm-hmm. because this, this is one topic where Priester is exactly right. It falls into the, every week is a new season. Just one. Just one. Yeah. On <laughs> this one, you are absolutely right. Because, like, a week from now, if they beat Virginia Tech, we're going to spend the podcast talking about, well, they're building into the off season and like, if they get this way yeah. and if they lose, it'd be like, oh forget it. Just, yeah. This is terrible. The USC's going to um, beat them by 35, yeah, exactly. which they may either way, yeah. but now they won't. But I, that I do think, look, give credit where it's due over the weekend. They were ready to play against army. They jumped all over them. Um, they, the freshmen on this team continue to get better. You're seeing some improvement. Now, they easily could still go one and three in November, and that will undo basically all the good stuff we saw yeah. this weekend. But if it really is a building block, then we'll we'll know in a couple of weeks. I was but in a give him some credit bar
0: in some city somewhere along the way. I don't know, but uh, yeah. and I and a guy said, well, when I look in the when I look in the eyes of the Notre players when I see them on TV, it looks to me like they quit. It looks to me like they stopped playing for Brian Kelly. And I'm just like...
1: The one thing that hasn't gone wrong this season is the players stopped playing for Brian Kelly. They have played for Brian Kelly and themselves the entire time. One, yeah. Yes. That, there's nothing... They did not... That is the one thing that
2: has not gone wrong. They are... And they haven't
0: suffered injuries. I don't know
2: who they're playing for. They're playing. How's that? I, I don't know. Yeah. You can't look in their minds. There are football players who like playing football. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, okay. Yeah. But it, you don't always have... You don't always yeah. have Oh, that. no, you don't. No, I mean, I asked Cole that about he, that after the game I because like, I was talking about Julian Love and just... It's like, hey, you know, I don't, everyone says they love playing football, and like that's not really true. But it seems like Julian Love is one of the guys, and Koluk was like, "Yep, that is true. Not everyone loves to play football. Not it's not everything for everyone. But for Julian Love, he's one of those guys where football is damn near everything." You need to cut the mic for both of us right now. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> not every not every nose tackle yeah, loves to play yeah, football. Right. So yeah, that's sort of the point. Isaac Rochelle loves to play football. James Onalulu loves to play football. I don't uh, love Martini. Martini. I mean, yeah, but not everyone does. But it, it, at this point, especially if you're sort of at the end of your career and you know you're not going to go pro, it would be easy to tap out. And that doesn't mean you're quitting on the coaches necessarily. Doesn't mean you're quitting on your teammates. Now, both might be true, but it. Um, this is not a team that I think has kicked it in at all. It's not a team that we expected to kick it in at all. I think, Priester, sure you wrote about sort of the nothing to play for concept, which I think is completely ridiculous and so one of my least favorite media tropes when Notre Dame loses its second game, but it keeps coming up. This is just not one of those teams. It's not. It's, and, and uh,
0: you know, I who do we give credit to that for? I think, first and foremost, it's, it's just the players. Uh, you know, I mean, I. Yeah, because you
1: could, Kelly could push a million buttons after six losses. It's absolutely. The players. Absolutely. He knows that it's it's good that they're young players too. I mean, it's a smallish remaining senior class. The guys that play are pretty good, or, or good, as you mentioned. There's Rochelle and Anawale who are good. You have pretty good with Hunter and Fulston. You have improving with Smythe. I think, Cole, I, think you have I think Cole Luke Luke's had a had oh, a pretty good, good yeah, season. I just just that didn't say is, his name. He's yeah, good. Right. You know, there's guys that are getting their chance finally, like McGovern, fighting through injury. So those guys aren't gonna, you know, they're not they're not mailing it in. But the real key is you have a lot of young guys that there. I think for their football lives too, and don't just want to play football and win. And then you have some big guys that don't like playing.
0: You have, yeah, like Notre has. Notre Dame publicizes um, how many close losses they have, and you can certainly argue that that's a that's a dubious distinction. But and and maybe you know maybe one of these last two games get a little one sided. But the fact of the matter is, when six losses are twenty nine points, you haven't you haven't cashed it in. You just haven't. I
1: mean. Look, it's weird to publicize. Like we lead the league and lead the country in close losses. It's a, no one, but no one puts in their game notes. North Dame has only lost six games by thirty points or less, so it's an important point right. that they're losing it by right. one score. It's, right. it is being it's, competitive. It's dubious, it's dubious because it's not. Should enough. they be that close no, in certain it, but instances? But, it, but no, being it, competitive is better than getting killed. I don't care what anybody wants to talk yeah. about. That's just the way that's the way sports goes. I,
2: I mean, you have to note that the teams they have lost to are incapable of killing anyone. That's yeah, absolutely true. Which is why it's not. Hey, a real, Michigan State, not,
1: put it to Rutgers. You could put Rutgers on the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's
2: wrap up segment one. Just sort of like bowl talk, because look, that's on the table. Um, it's a little convoluted. They have to win two games. I'm waiting for you to tell to us totally where make we're it. going. All right. Uh, well, I looked through the ACC just a, a review, but I think it's a it's one. Notre Dame has to win two games to guarantee it's going to a bowl. Um, it's you know I'm I'm not I'm not willing to put in the eighty seven hundred different. <laughs> Scenarios that a 5-7 and seven Notre Dame team would go bowl. That was game.
1: my answer on the message board. I'll get to this if I have to. I just yeah. can't possibly look at that yeah. right now. But
2: 6-6, <laughs> six and six, best-case scenario, they fall into Tier 1 of the ACC bowl games. That's Belk in Charlotte, Pinstripe in New York, Texlayer in Jacksonville, Sun in El Paso. For that to happen, not only does Notre Dame need to beat Virginia Tech and USC, they would need, of five teams from the ACC, at least... Two of them to fall short of eight wins because of the one win rule. What does that mean? An eight and four ACC team must be picked over six and six Notre Dame, while a seven and five ACC team can be picked. After a six and six Notre Dame team, okay. there are. It was Swarbrick's greatest
1: maneuver. In right, the, I, I mean,
2: there and look, there are five teams in the running for these four slots that probably are going to probably or could finish with eight wins: Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Miami, Pittsburgh, and Georgia Tech. Miami, Pittsburgh, and Georgia Tech. If you're rooting for Notre Dame to go to one of those four games, they need to lose at least once in the next couple of weeks. Unfortunately the teams that they play are a collection of NC State, Duke, Duke, Syracuse, Virginia, and Georgia. Well I hear
1: two wins because I heard Duke. Yeah, so that's all we need to know. Duke Duke would just beat North Carolina. <laughs> yes, no, Duke is a quality team right yeah. now. Um so, I have no problem going to Charlotte. Yeah. After that
2: they fall into the Military Bowl, the Camping World Bowl, the quick lane Bowl, and the St. Petersburg Bowl. Camping? Um, Can you
0: tell us where some of those are? Military. <laughs>
2: military is in Annapolis, which could be very cool. You yeah. could play at Navy. I, that's believe what that. I, I wa- That's what great. I want. I want um, more name
0: Well, okay. I'll take that. I'd camp- rather them
2: play Navy at Navy, but yeah. go ahead. Camping. Shreveport. That's the, uh, that's, the there new, you go, that's the new the <laughs> new Independence Bowl. We may actually be camping. We won't be staying yeah. in hotels. Yes. We'll be camping in Shreveport. <laughs> so, you can't yeah, hear season. Uh, let's see. The Quick Lane Bowl is in Detroit. Um, good news there. It's a two It's at two thirty start time on December twenty sixth. So you could just get up in the morning, go cover <laughs> the game, and drive home. And then the St Petersburg Bowl is obviously in St Petersburg. That is also December twenty sixth at eleven a.m. Um, at Tropicana Field. So um, not. Great there, it yeah. Looks so, like a,
1: it would look like a Rays game, yeah. The so, the the so the, th- <laughs> those bowls are all
2: see, the 26th, the 26th, the 26th, or the 27th. Whoa, uh, those are a little bit early. Uh, and then the Pinstripe Bowl is the 28th, uh, let's see, Belk Bowl the 29th, Sun Bowl the 30th, and tax layer the 31st. I guess I would have a hard time seeing them going back to Jacksonville for a second time, right, or going to Texas for a third time, or going to New York City. For a second time. So you would think the Belt Bowl would probably be where they would go right. if they want to. And, and what's the date on help. that? The Belt Bowl is December 29th. Uh, it's a five thirty kickoff. So, I mean, that that I think is probably their best case scenario, win two, go to the Belt Bowl in and Charlotte. Man. It's a place they haven't been before. Uh, it's a place they would like to be in their ACC footprint. Um, and, and, it's, and
1: it's not a night game. And a couple teams. And it's not only up to them. Still. Just beating USC and Virginia Tech still doesn't do it as you right.
2: Yeah, you yeah. need Pittsburgh to lose to Duke, Georgia Tech to lose to Georgia. If if those two things happen, then they could go to the bowl no problem. And
1: for fans wondering, five and seven is a possible bowl game because of uh, poor graduation rates across college football. Some
2: teams and too many bowl games. And too
1: many bowl games, so you can put in teams with the highest APR that are five and seven, which happened to three teams last year, right? And yeah. all one.
2: Nebraska, Minnesota, and San Jose State. But Notre
1: Dame is not automatic for this because of recent NFL uh,
2: leaps. They are not. Yeah, their APR is thing. actually not where you would think it would be because um, it's not just a straight graduation right, rate um, factor. So something to consider if you're really doing a deep dive into bowls, which we're not going to. Uh, just the six and six. We're going to keep it there. And uh, then on that note, we're going to get into segment two on Irish Illustrated Insider. Got a bunch of questions from readers, so we'll get into all that next.
0: segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, a burning up the board segment, starting with a question from Terry Benedict. Excluding Brian Kelly, what position group or coaches has impressed you the most? What group is the most disappointing?
2: I mean, we could almost go through the entire staff by position group if you wanted to, but, I mean, guys that I, I think have done a good job and have sort of, their their group is maybe better than I expected or just... Flat out playing well right now. Todd Light in the secondary would be high on my list. I think Mike Elston does a good job with the linebackers. Um, You could make an argument for Mike Denbrock and the receivers because of how young they are. Um, But I still, I wouldn't make that argument over Light and Elston.
1: I uh, I think Elson's at the top because I think Niles Morgan and James Onowalu, whether they probably should be, but are two of the ten best players on the team, without a doubt. I just said ten, so because there's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Um, I believe Greer Martini is pre- <coughs> reaching that status, and I think Tavon Coney's a heck of a fourth guy. So I think the linebackers are number one. They've I know that they're not... Stats probably look better than they actually are with run fits and everything from earlier in the season, but I think they've been very good. I think the secondary was so bad early and is so good now that it's just a tale of two seasons for the secondary. Those These freshmen have been very good with Todd Light. Beginning of the year, you had veterans out there that were not good, and those games count because that's why they have six losses. And for Dembrock, great point about the young guys. This is not an indictment of the senior, but if you got the most possible out of Kevin Stefferson, the most out of Equinemius St. Brown, you guys were higher on Saint Brown than I was coming the year, so I'm really impressed. But I think he got at least what you would have guys expected, and a little bit more on yeah. Saint Brown. Mm-hmm. Not the most possible out of Sanders. Not the most possible out of Tory Hunter. You're looking at a fifty-fifty <clears throat> split there of the guys that play, and not the most. I don't know about boy, can to get the most possible or not? We can't tell yet.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there. I don't think there's much room for disagreement here with our opinions. Just, you know, I, I mean, I think, think that,
1: the linebackers yeah. have
0: been really. You know, I mean, I think they've been. There were, you're right. There were some run fits early, but I think they've been really good. The, the progress of the secondary. I think the offensive line is a disappointment. You know, we're all I mean, on that one, right? The only, yeah, I mean the, the the only the only injury. And now I know that Nelson and Mustafer had high ankle sprains early in the year, so I don't we don't know exactly what they battled through. But the only position where injury has really hit and forced a change is right guard. But I don't think this is a very cohesive offensive line. After watching the film of the Army game, I, I'm i very concerned about the cohesion of this line going into the last two games. A um, little bit of a revival from the tight ends here the last couple games, yeah. especially Durham Smythe. Great catch by Nick Wisher. Uh, but that but that position's been a disappointment really all year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, yeah, down on Heastan, Booker, and then Keith Gilmore as well. I mean, look, your defensive line has three sacks total. Um, yeah. It just is not a... Has it been a productive group? Um, uh, the running backs know, are, they, are I, not a productive group. I would say, like, I was sort of neutral on Denson and Sanford um, because the quarterbacks and running backs have been kind of what I expected them to be, and it's kind of hard to tell for me, at least, like whether those groups are ascending or not. Um, I do think they've just been pretty good. I think
1: my my view of the running backs. I, I can't look at a game. And think of other than Fulston for limited against uh, Josh Adams against Texas and Fulston in limited action against Stanford, where I thought that dude ran hard, regardless of what the offensive line does or anything else. And right. I think that's bad. I don't, I don't. I think that that's really a problem. Ten games in, can you think of another time where you're like, man, that guy ran hard? Or he he really wanted it today. Other than those two things, Adams was great against Texas, and Fulston tried so hard against. I'm, talking, I'm thinking of the right game. Stanford, yeah, right, when he, are, was, throw, yeah, when he oh, was yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, where he, where he looked
0: like he, yeah. like a, a pre-injury yeah. Fulston. I thought Adams ran really hard this past week and did some good things. But, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, very isolated uh, instances. M. Solner, why does Jay Hayes still ride the bench as much as he does? There's so much talk about getting more guys on the field and rotating, but I don't see it on the D-line.
2: Uh, the first four games with Van Gorder, Jay Hayes was averaging six snaps per game. Um, since Van Gorder left, not including the Army game, he's at 19.4. So I don't think he's riding the bench. He's also stuck behind Isaac Rochelle now, so I don't know what. It's yeah, like, like uh, what do you want him to do? He's not going to pull Rochelle to put in Hayes. No, I, but you don't have to
0: stick him behind Isaac Rochelle either, I guess. I don't know, maybe you I cro- mean, maybe cross-trained him. Well. No, I, I there's agree. just like a lack of opportunity for him. I, I, I like him, though. I do, and I don't know. I guess I'm a little surprised that he can't help you against back-to-back option teams. Or not that he didn't play. I don't know what his snaps were this past weekend,
2: but I don't. But I, I mean, he was a regular against Navy. To say that he's riding the bench, I just don't. Think no, he's but better. I do. But
0: I understand the question because it doesn't seem like Jay Hayes plays a very prominent role.
1: Yeah, right. and Bonner does seem like he plays a prominent role. That's why it's. We good certainly point. did. Right.
0: We certainly did this past week.
1: You know, Pete and I were talking about on the way back from the airport after a dozen hours of travel yesterday, that um, the Daniel Cage situation, he is the most needed player next year. Throw all the fifth years out there, throw suspended guys, injured guys, anything else. Daniel Hayes doesn't come back from these concussions next year. Your defensive line is your moving tillery to nose which means Bonner goes to starting three technique, Jay Hayes in one end, Andrew Trembetti and or Day- and Daylon Hayes on the other end. Your backups are the young guys that haven't played at all. <laughs> you need Daniel Cage back from this. Yeah, yeah. Desperately. You do, no doubt about it. I mean,
0: it's, I mean, at the very least, just bulk.
1: He's a fine, solid, he's yeah. a fun, good, really good rotational nose tackle, and he'd be probably a solid senior nose tackle, right? You don't
0: think Pete Mockwell will have
2: emerged by that point? Nope, no. no. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I don't know how many steps Elijah Taylor played because I haven't gone back. And uh, a charted. few. He, like, so, was that, he
0: okay? Or I, uh I mean, I I don't really know. I I, I can't really express I an mean, opinion
2: on that. I mean, they, they need him to be a functional player yeah. this year. I mean, they they sort of need him to be. He need. They need him to be the guy we're talking about. Why doesn't he play more? Um,
0: well, unless Heinrich and. Unless Heinrich and Yule as true freshmen. I mean, maybe Yule. I, yeah, I, just, I can see Yule, though, because that's an awfully strong kid. Now, that's a kid that might be able to... Look, if you can play, you play Cage as a freshman, you right, play Tillery as yeah. a freshman, why, why
1: can't he? I think he can play as a freshman, but the, the thing for that is we're not looking for Notre Dame to go 7-5 and five next year and make some progress. You need your nose tackle. If he's going to play as a freshman, you need your great nose yeah. tackle to be starting over him, and he... Comes in for you, boy. You know you're right. <laughs> like, you're right. No you know, matter how many
0: guys you, no matter how yeah. many guys you have returning, and how many positions, if you're not better on the defensive yeah. line, it's not going to be a and nine or not, ten win season. And you're
1: not better without Daniel K. You you have to have him. Yeah. you're weakening Tillery by moving him. You're weakening Tillery's backup by making him a starter. It's, it's and it's huge. not like Daniel Cage
0: is a dominant football no, but he's either, a starting but, nose. Tackle. No, I understand. Yeah, he, I understand, a, but I just. He's a true starting We're nose tackle some perspective too. on right, that, right. as well.
1: That's why I found it interesting that how important he is because you think, who do they need? Alize Jones, Sean Crawford, all those guys. Uh, no, you need your starting nose tackle.
2: Yeah, <laughs> more yeah. guys online. All right, dip ninety eight. Brian Kelly has talked about the need for Notre Dame's defense to recalibrate after two weeks of facing the mm-hmm. option. Virginia Tech just played Georgia Tech, so can we assume their D will also need time to recalibrate? And if so, how can the Irish <laughs> offense take advantage early before their D gets settled? There's yeah. a lot of recalibrating going on this week, what? isn't there? Uh,
1: that's the best little dig question of the year. <laughs> <laughs> By the message board, that's awesome. You think Dip <laughs> was Only was Notre Dame has you recalibrated. Dip, you think Dip was taking a dig? I there? think he might have yeah. taken a shot on that
0: one. Because <laughs> Kelly did. I mean, oh, okay. he talked about it after the game, and he talked about it yesterday. What's
1: Pete's theory about the... The uh, hurricane in Clemson. Notre Dame almost won in a hurricane. Clemson won in a hurricane. <laughs> <No>. Someone <laughs> wins, hurricane. someone loses. Yeah. It's both ways. That's a great question. Uh, yeah, you know what? One Just kind of getting down to brass tacks on this one. Notre Dame's offense has scored to start the last three games. First drive looked great against Miami out of the bye. Went down the field against Navy and Army. That's a little bit easier. Scored in the first quarter against Stanford to jump on top of them. Uh, definitely went down and jumped all over Syracuse. We can kind of remove NC State from this one, right? Went down the field to score against Duke. So really, since Michigan yeah. State, the offense has looked great in the first quarter, and I would expect them to have another good opening drive or two in the first quarter of this game while the Virginia Tech recalibrates from not having any idea how to play football again. <laughs> that was a dig, too.
0: Well, and, and I, this is gonna be, I guess this is going to sound like a dig, too. Jeron Jones doesn't have to recalibrate. He's ready right? to roll. He's
2: fresh, too. Yeah, I mean, that's like, look, it, it shouldn't be that hard. If you're doing something 90% of the time and then do something else 10% of the time, but it's it really, shouldn't be hard to get back to the 90%. But it's like, really more like 98% of the like time. If O'Malley didn't show up to our next podcast, we wouldn't need the entire first segment of the podcast following to recalibrate. You would just go back to doing a three person podcast. It shouldn't be that complicated.
1: Yeah, I bet you Julian Love does not need to recalibrate for this ah. game. They'll just be out there tackling people, and there's going to be somebody that. Can't. Yeah, look,
2: I understand. Yeah, look,
0: yes. I understand. And Brian Kelly mentioning it because he's a coach and he has to deal with that, and the, oh. the entire the entire structure of your week of practice changes. I I understand why that's the first thing that comes to mind, and I don't think he was asked about it. I yeah, mean, that's he true. didn't. Right, yeah, that's he true. didn't. This is he more an initiated and say, this is "Oh my a God!" Shot we're and gonna... all the other
1: things that always oh, seem to only go on. I and, know, I you know. know. But I think uh, it should be a Tuesday issue for Brian Kelly,
2: and I hope we don't hear about it on Thursday. Three periods of practice Tuesday, issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. Smuff
0: three. Why no Dexter Williams up big in a fourth quarter, and we're still running Fulston. Why no Dex?
2: Fulston's better. Uh, I mean, running back is really one of the few positions on the team where they can get their point across about how to play by taking away playing time. There are very few other positions on the team where they have enough quality guys. So now
0: Dexter Williams isn't the most motivated guy I on guess. the team like he I was mean,
2: early in the year. It was just him and Scott Daly. Yeah, I mean now it's, he's out. It's just it's Scott Daly. Just Scott Daly. Well, um, like, <laughs> Falston's since he's all the way healthy is he running hard. Good. Yeah, I mean, and it, they're
0: probably you know they're trying to get him. I mean, he's missed a lot of reps. He's missed a lot of carries, and they're probably trying to get yeah. him carries. But I mentioned it after, come on, one carry, Dexter <laughs> Williams. In a thirty-eight point game, I mean, if you wonder why you don't, I mean, if he's not developed down the road,
1: that'll cool. be young next year, you know. That's correct. <laughs> <And> cr- okay, <laughs> you know unless junior.
0: unless that one jet sweep inside the five, which is the most ill-conceived type
1: play inside the five, but unless he got banged up there, or maybe he did something wrong on it, like we don't. There's a lot of weird maybe, things that happen. That's in what games, I'm saying. We don't know about it's it's
2: yeah. like he. The coaching staff can get their point across if you. Do a crap okay. job. You're All out. Right. We well, you got that, somebody better that, to put in. If Houston's that's the case, better.
0: then fine. If that's not the case, he should have gotten reps. Yeah, in I this mean, game.
2: would I like to see more Dexter Williams? Yes, because he's fun to watch. But if he's not running the ball the way that plays are drawn up, then you can't play him. That he has to learn. Next up, Zombie Irish. On a more positive note, Notre Dame has been putting consistent numbers of players in the NFL. Who in the last 10 to 15 years has surprised you... With the success they've had in the league, and who did you expect more from? My picks are Theoretic up and Jimmy Clausen down.
0: I R- thought it's
2: an interesting
0: question. Yeah. I mean, I can't, Theoretic, I mean, I, I agree yeah, with that. I agree. I mean,
1: Let's all take it from the end of their careers, too, not like when they got recruited. You saw them play four years at Notre Dame, and what did you think they were going to do? That's the best way to look at this question. I think, I mean, that's, that think? I think that's how I'm, Good. I am yeah, looking yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, I don't think Golden Tate's having a really good year. Uh, but I don't, you know, I mean, he kind of he took the NFL by storm in stretches.
2: Right? Golden Tate is on. Well, yeah, I, I had yeah. three guys who surprised me with their success. Golden Tate was one of my three guys. Yeah, yeah.
1: I thought he was the greatest player in the history of mankind when he came out, so I think it's just relative to my expectations. <laughs> yeah, but, he, but, but but making the move in yeah, the no, NFL, I, I mean, I, I, Golden who's Tate your third one? Uh, so
2: my team. other two were John Sullivan who's had a 10-year career in the oh, NFL, yeah, and yeah. Harrison Smith, because I liked him, but I didn't think he was the best safety in football. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, and then my downs were Brady Quinn, and then uh, a combination of Laws and Abbey Amiri, because neither of them really did anything in the league, and they are both second-round picks and, yeah. and, and really good college players. My,
1: yeah. My downs were Quinn and Louis Nix, because I thought Louis Nix would be a viable player that doesn't get yeah, cut after two years. Um, Yeah, I guess my ups, I... I, I Breaking my own rule, I mean, I thought Tyler Eifert would be a great pro when he left. It's amazing that Tyler Eifert, that could, <laughs> Yeah, Notre Dame, of course. Yeah. Theoretic, I did, yeah, I figured he'd bounce around as opposed to being a number, I mean, he's a vital cog, so he would be on that. Um, I guess how great Zach Martin is, maybe that shouldn't, he went in and he was all, he was a pro bowl or immediately. Yeah, how I just figured he he'd was. be a 10-year I mean, guy, I knew, right? I mean, no. you figured 10-year player, but you figured he'd be at least John Sullivan, he is, however, an automatic pro bowler. Yes. That's that's pretty impressive. And Sullivan, boy, that doesn't even.
0: Sullivan is just that, a, a great. Yeah, call. because yeah. compute for his 2007 season. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he I mean, I think good he's at hanging the, around like
2: on the Redskins practice squad now. But like, he had a 10 year NFL career,
0: was, probably because of his sparkling personality. Yeah, just like that he's. Uh, <laughs> Hanging around, yeah. uh, you've heard me say this, but that's what I do. Pat myself mm-hmm. on the back. I called Harrison Smith a first-round draft choice in my film review. Nice. Now <laughs> he's a, but he's a pro. I mean, he's a Pro yeah. Bowl player. I mean, he, he might be the best. Safety. The still be on uh, the positive yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that I would. Yeah, because first-round draft picks would be. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, uh, I don't. You know, I don't. Brady Quinn. I, I, I did think that he was going to have accuracy issues, but I didn't think that he would just you know, I mean he he, he would there that was, was never a point. There was never a point. I Jimmy Clausen based upon ability. I thought he would still be in the NFL, but based upon lack of strength.
1: That's the key.
0: And just approach and attitude. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no. I have, I am no NFL scout, but I can tell you watching Jimmy Clausen get touched in the leg in the pocket that he could not make it in the NFL. He's not strong enough lower body to Look, that is hugely important yeah. in that league. And that's why I thought Brady I thought Brady Quinn would be a better pro, than... I mean, I thought Brady Quinn would be fine. I didn't think he'd be great. I just thought Brady Quinn would be a good pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turban Laws was, is interesting. I think,
0: yeah. you know, some some stature shortcomings. Uh, yeah. Ryan Probably Grant he back in the day
1: a... when he had his run of oh, three years God, there it was yeah. a thousand times better than I thought he was going to
2: be in the pros. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's that was the hit. that's the quintessential one there. All right, one question and CPU fifteen. What are we doing in recruiting? Room for twenty five, plenty of holes. Yet I'm not sure how we get to twenty with the current targets. Any meaningful update? Is that I true? Do um, you think they'll have trouble getting to twenty? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. I I think that they'll get there. Um, in terms of meaningful updates, uh, Josh Pascal visiting for the award show Echoes weekend in early December, that would be your meaningful update. There really isn't a lot else happening right now. Um,
0: Jake, you can go home, (laughs) (laughs) Jake. They either,
2: they either need to find new targets or re-engineer their, their pitch. I mean, this was in the insider report last week, um, that Jake and Steve Hare put together. When they have a down season, there's just a not a lot happening in December and January in recruiting, um, because what you're selling is is just kind of a disappointment. So um, if they can get Josh Pascal, that would be a huge win. And I don't do to say that they have room for 25, really is sort of a okay. Cage doesn't return. Hunter Bivin leaves. Tori Hunter re- like moves on. Deshaun Kaiser goes pro. That would get you down, that would get put you at eighty four spots currently and they have eighteen commitments. So on top of that, you would need like Justin Brent, Corey Holmes, one of them to transfer, uh, Micah Brandon Tiasa, maybe one or both to leave. Nick Coleman, Alize Jones doesn't come back. So to get to twenty five, you're gonna have to have really unnatural attrition, not just the usual transfer go pro type coming situation. Too. There's yeah, so you would Getting to 25 to me would be a negative, um, because you're losing a lot of guys on the roster who are actually good. Uh, and in the current circumstances, getting to 25 would be a negative because you're probably making some huge reaches on guys. So you're
0: so you're going to need. This is interesting because yeah. I mean the, the the freshman of the year offensively is Ste- Stefferson. Mm-hmm. and the the freshman of the year defensively oh. is Love, and those are generally considered three
2: star guys, right? No, not just generally. They were they were they're universal across yeah. the board. I don't think anybody on any network had those guys as yeah. four star guys. So that's the kind that's
0: It would be nice as you head down the final stretch of recruiting mm. that you you land a guy like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, now the
2: thing the I think this is an important distinction to make there: Notre right. Dame worked those guys out early, did a lot of due diligence on them, hosted them, got them to camp, worked them out. If you pick up a guy late like that, you haven't done that. Just based on oh, the calendar, you know guy. what I mean? That's a good point. It's like yeah. the the guys you get at the end who are like the three-star like yeah. I I you're see something not, You're I, just now. You're just like we need somebody to help. Yeah. Um, opposed to they target the those guys early as guys we really want. There's a big difference between that and then taking a three-star a three late. On this roster, I want to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a podcast
1: question again. It's my new thing. Okay. And this is for the people. The people want to know these things. You guys say yes or no. Will he be back? Fifth year guys: Jeremy Smythe, yes, yes; Mike McGlitchy. yes; Colin McGovern, yes; and Folston.
2: Mm, going I'll going say no. I go no.
0: Tory Hunter. I'll say no. Probably am. I say no. I'm
1: in agreement with all five so far, by the way. Um, and we can't say if there's room, even though it's kind of a category I'm doing here. But if uh, let's just say the guys' names, everything works out, everything shakes out. Jacob Matuska. No. No. I think there'll be room, so yes. Okay. Hunter Bivin? No. <laughs> I, I, no. Yeah, I figured he'll play a fifth year. Start somewhere for yeah. a fifth year, so I would yeah. say no. Okay. Uh, Malik Zaire? No. 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 And Montalus? No.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No. I mean, look are looking it, for commentary. It, yeah. that's <laughs> I will say no. I was just. Uh, we well, asked yeah, yeah, this the question guys.
2: last year if you said Mark Harrell. Well, that's what I said. Yeah. That's, that's why, that's why, no, yes. that's why I asked this. Yeah. The only
1: reason I don't think Bivin will be back is I think he might choose to start somewhere at a smaller college. Right. I think he'll be asked back because you asked back, like I said last year. All offensive linemen that are valid yeah, players. It's a general, so. uh,
2: it's a good rule to follow. Not Montal, yeah.
1: he hasn't been healthy enough. He wants to, I'm sure he would... He's just broken down. He's just broken yeah. down, yeah, that's and nothing to... That happens. Uh, but I think uh, as a general rule, you ask him back and see if you have room at the end. Yeah.
2: All right, well, that's probably a good segue into another Twitter question, and we got about four or five different versions of this, but we pulled out uh, Ted Olenek and Terrence Freeman, you got your name on the podcast today, and they want to know... What is the latest with Malik Zaire? Do you see him staying or leaving if Kaiser leaves? And then also, what is your opinion on Brandon Wimbush in terms of a leadership capacity on next year's team? Would he be ready to start?
0: I mean, I think the relationship between Malik Zaire and,
2: and Brian Kelly's broken. Right? No. Yes. He's right. not coming back so next year. So, he's not coming back. It was interesting. I was talking to somebody close to him, uh, and it didn't sound like a decision had been made, which shocked me. Because um, I was expecting to hear, "Oh, yeah, he knows where he's going. He's out of here. We're just going through the details." And that that wasn't the case. Um, that doesn't mean that Malik hasn't made that up in his own mind. He just hasn't articulated it to somebody. Because I think we would all agree that he a change of scenery would do him a world of good. Okay. Question: Who would Brian Kelly rather?
0: I think I know the answer. Who would Brian Kelly rather have a quarterback next year? Malik Zaire or Brandon
1: Wimbush? Wimbush. Wimbush. So that's of. the
0: that's the answer to yeah. so Why would
1: you come back for a fifth year quarterback competition against yeah. the young guy that is the future of your coach, who's fight, who's looking to extend yeah, his career in right. the school? There's, yeah. there's no
2: there's no scenario that if Wimbush and Zaire came back that Kelly would be like, "Yep, it's Malik's job." <laughs> right. There's so no scenario the like that, yeah. and that as soon as that scenario arises, Malik is going to be like, "What?" So that he, I think this, look a change of senior would do him well. Absolutely. Um, and I think Brandon Wimbush has sort of patiently waited his turn. I think that in terms of the leadership capacity, he's got all the intangibles that you would want. Uh, and as Brian Kelly's career at Notre Dame has suggested, when they're younger, a younger quarterback, they're better. Why I don't know, but those are the numbers. What would get Deshaun
0: Sean Kaiser back to Notre Dame? I mean, it's it's pro- we're probably we're past that point.
2: Uh, is there like a player strike possibility I, that's in the NFL? Is there or, any?
0: Is there any scenario?
2: I just yeah. I mean, look, you can you can nitpick his game and say he's not accurate enough, and <laughs> you probably isn't... you you'd probably be right, um, but. There's he's no six foot five, two 230 pounds and athletic with a good arm and plays in a pretty sophisticated offense that asks him to do a lot.
1: And a great head on his shoulders. Um,
2: somebody's going to take him in the top 10, which means he's going to sign a 10 to $15 million contract minimum. And what better way to learn how to play NFL football than being paid to do it? Um, the only just, option
1: is the best way to learn No, that? no,
2: not for free. <laughs> not for free. So that would it I, just makes sense. I know the
0: answer to yeah. these questions. I'm just I just want people to oh, understand no, that don't
2: don't be holding out
0: hope for for Deshaun Kaiser coming back. We're not touting
1: we're, Deshaun Kaiser on Irish Illustrated as the best player in the draft and number one pick. We're, we're telling you that he's going to go pro because it's he's a good going business a lot of for money. him. Yeah,
2: it's just a good business decision for him, and that that's that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's how it works, and that's how our podcast works. So that's it for another edition of Irish Should Insider, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson, thanks for listening. We'll be back Thursday with our preview of Notre Dame, Virginia Tech on Senior